You're listening to Off the Record on KBVR Corvallis. Hello and welcome back. I'm DJ Florite, and today I'm excited to be joined by Olivia Barton. Hi. So you just finished up tour with Lizzie McAlpine. What was one of your favorite moments? Oh, gosh, there were so many amazing moments. Probably playing the venue in the town where I live in Nashville. Um, We played this place called the Ryman Auditorium, and it's like a super uh, influential, very historical place in Nashville. So it was just like a big full circle moment for me. And what are your pre-show rituals? Oh, um, well, I drink a lot of tea. I am in physical therapy for just like general health. (laughs) And so I do a lot of stretching and like my physical therapy exercises before I go on stage. Honestly, I don't like to get ready and like psych myself up too early. I like to like leave it for like the last hour before I go on stage so that I'm not like sitting around twiddling my thumbs before I go. (laughs) So yeah, stretching, drinking tea and warm up my voice. I try to keep it really calm and chill back there. That sounds like some nice vibes. Yeah. (laughs) What's your favorite song to perform? Oh, my favorite song to perform is um, a song off my album called Control Freak. It's very quiet and sort of stream of consciousness. So I find that the audience is very tuned in with me um, because there's not a lot going on. And also Lizzie's audiences are amazing. So they pay very good attention. And yeah, I just, I feel like I'm really connecting with the audience on that one. Like I look into people's eyes and it just feels very connective. Cool. Yeah. Can you talk about what it means to you from the time, like when you wrote, I don't sing my songs to now playing sold out shows on a tour across <laughs> the U S yeah. You know, I'm, I'm glad that you asked that because there was actually another, a favorite moment of mine during that song, (coughs) excuse me, in um, Atlanta. That crowd was crazy. They were so loud. I loved them a lot. And in the middle of I Don't Sing My Songs, they just sort of started screaming for me. Like we were all sort of in on this like amazing, I don't, it just felt like everybody understood how big of a deal that was for me Mm -hmm. um, to be there singing that song because of how full circle it is. And everybody just started cheering in the middle, like during a quiet part of the song. And I don't know, it just hit me like how far I've come and I started crying on stage, which I've never done. And I just was like weeping and they all just started cheering even louder. And that's so sweet. Yeah. My story is not a unique one. Like, it's not like I had to work particularly hard to get to where I am. So I don't want to like perpetuate that idea that like everybody should be like super proud of me. It's just that this is just the reality for most songwriters is like it and and performers. It just takes a long time to get to the point where you're playing shows like this. And so I just feel like I'm sort of uh, representing like the hard work that a lot of people have to do to get to this point, you know? Yeah. You you got your I made it moment. I did a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) What did you bring with you on tour? Like what's something you can't live without? A lacrosse ball. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's what I use to like work out the like kinks in my back. Oh, that's smart. Like lean up against the wall and like massage my back with a lacrosse ball. Oh, that's so smart. I just started doing that. Yeah, you should. My my back always hurts. (laughs) It's pretty intense. So I would start slow. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Do you normally over or underpack? Oh, I'm an underpacker. Really? To the most ridiculous extent. Yeah. 
Like no matter where I go, I'm like, why don't I have anything I need? I just like, I'm always just sort of before I go somewhere, I'm like, I'm sure this is fine. And then I get there and I'm like, I don't have anything. Yeah. I'm so bad at that. (laughs) How many bags did you bring with you for tour? Oh, just a suitcase. That's it. Yeah. And And you're like, where's everything I need? Yeah. I I will say, I think I did pretty good, a pretty good job on this one because my partner tours a lot. Uh And so I specifically had them help me pack. (laughs) Okay. They gave me like different bags to use for different things, you know, and that was really helpful. But in general, I'm a, I'm a severe underpacker. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Everyone I know is an overpacker. That's, really? I think you're the first underpacker I know. <laughs> no. Yeah. Can you talk about what inspired your most recent album? This is a good sign. Yeah. Well, I'm not someone that like sets out to write music about a thing. Like I was just sort of writing about whatever was happening at the time. So retrospectively looking at what the album is about, what inspired it was just like my first years in therapy and being in the most stable, loving relationship I'd ever been in. Those two things together really made for a very fruitful environment for me to start digging into some really old wounds and uh, some ways of being in the world that were not really working for me anymore. So yeah, therapy and a loving relationship were definitely my biggest sort of inspirations. And which song was the easiest and hardest to finish? The hardest to finish was Good Sign, the title, the sort of title track. <laughs> I wrote that chorus. I had the the idea for the album title like years before I wrote the album. I just always thought I had this little street sign this like that I on my wall that just said, this is a good sign. So I always sort of sort of wanted to do something with that. And then I wrote the chorus of Good Sign at some point, but had no idea like what the actual song was going to be about. And so that one took me a while. I like wrote the verses and at one point and then sat on it forever and then wrote the bridge much later. So that one took me forever. And then the easiest was probably Control Freak. That one, like I said, is very stream of consciousness. So it just sort of like flew out in, you know, an hour or so. And, and I just sort of kept it as is. Who's an artist that influences your work that people might not expect? Oh, uh, the Japanese house. Do you listen to her? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think people probably wouldn't expect that because it's like sort of electronic music, Mm -hmm. but I think her songs are some of the best out there right now. I I just think they're so creative and unique in the production. I I love like pop electronic production. I listen Mm -hmm. to like Muna and like other. Oh, I love Muna. Yeah. So even though like my songs and my production don't really mirror that, it's like a huge influence of mine. Okay, cool. Yeah. When do you write best? Do you write about an experience as it's happening or like process it and then Mm -hmm. write about it? I think it's a, it depends on the song. So like some songs, the majority of songs I am writing while things are happening. That's usually because I'm using the song to try to figure out what's going on. So like within the course of a song, I'm like working through something in real time. So that's probably most of the time I'm doing it that way. But every once in a while, I'll write about things that are pretty old (laughs) and like couldn't really access at the time that it was happening, you know, and didn't really know the the weight of of the experience until years later. So that definitely happens, too. What was the first instrument you played and what's your favorite instrument to play? Well, first would be piano because my grandma 
tried to teach it to me, but I lasted about three lessons <laughs> and really he just hated it. I don't know why. I, I obviously very much wish I had stuck with it. And then I played the flute in sixth grade and I was really pretty good at that in band, but eventually quit because I wanted to do choir. I wanted to sing. Mm-hmm. But my favorite by far is guitar. Just love. I love the acoustic guitar so much. I swear I'll never get tired of it. And to be honest, I'm not that great of a guitar player at all. Like mm-hmm. I, I have my sort of like tried and true, like tunings and chords and things that I like. And I, and I tend to like, uh, really recycle <laughs> things. So I'm not even the greatest guitar player in the world, but I just love the sound of an acoustic guitar. Have you played any other kinds of guitar or always been acoustic? I went through a very short stint of playing electric in a uh, college for like a handful of gigs. Cause I thought that that would make me look like cooler and like harder. <laughs> She's but, hardcore with the electric yeah, guitar. Exactly. Let's play literally the same thing, just on an electric. Yeah, it didn't. It wasn't really for me. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they look cool. I agree, they look cool. Yeah, but acoustic cool. or classical is more fun. Me too. So you've had experience teaching music lessons and being a creative coach. Yeah. What was that like, and how has it helped you with your music and creativity? Yeah. I appreciate that question because not a lot of people know that I do that, but it like has influenced my work so much. It started just because I had friends who asked me to give them voice lessons. I was like, well, I could use money. And so I just sort of started as like just a little side gig to get extra cash. And then it became more and more tired of working in restaurants and just decided to sort of put something on Instagram about it just to say like, I can teach voice lessons and songwriting and guitar and stuff. And it just sort of like blew up from there. I started with like 10 students and now I have like almost 30. And it's like been so surprisingly fulfilling for me. And the way that it's affected my writing most of all is that it's really sort of like broken the seal of co-writing. In in my lessons, in my songwriting lessons, we're not technically technically co-writing. Like they're definitely writing their own songs and I'm sort of guiding them. And we do lots of stuff. I help them like learn how to book shows and build their community and lots of stuff. But the sort of like one-on-one intimate space of talking about songs really helped me with with the fear I had around co-writing. And I have started co-writing a lot more now because of teaching lessons. I just find it so much more fun than I thought it would be because I've always been someone that worked really in a like very much in a solitary environment. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's been really helpful for for my openness to collaboration. Cool. Yeah, I, I went deep on your Instagram to find that one. <laughs> yeah, you sure did. Yeah. <laughs> what keeps you motivated? Probably the concept that I know I can't do anything else with my life and don't want to. Like there was a period of time where I thought, you know what? It's kind of hard. I think I'll just move back to Florida. I sort of have a song about it, actually. Like I'll move in with my grandma and I'll just like, who's my favorite person on the planet? Mm-hmm. And I'll just like go to the beach and like, I don't know. I just sort of had this like fantasy of like not trying to, you know, like make it in the music industry. And my therapist was like, how long do you think that would last before you lost your mind? (laughs) Like living in the middle of nowhere and like, you know, and I was like, yeah, not very long. So I just sort of, I don't know. I just came out of that and just decided like, this is what I want to do. And like, there's just no way around it. So when I'm feeling like really frustrated or really behind or, or unmotivated, honestly, my, my biggest guiding force is that like, I've just always known this is what I want. And if there's no other option, I might as well keep going, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
What hobbies do you have outside of music? Well, I really just like to be outside. I don't do a lot of like tactile hobbies like you'd expect. Like I don't like crochet or like I'm not really into sports, I don't, but I just love being outside. Like being from Florida, like I love going to the beach. I love just like laying in my backyard with a book, hanging out with my friends and just like I love a good conversation mm-hmm. and the sunshine. Yeah. You just like to hang. Yeah, I do. I just like to hang. Do you have a hammock? Do you like to lay out in a hammock? No, I don't have a hammock, but I'm so glad you brought that up because (laughs) I, we almost got one in my last place and well, we actually did buy one. And then when we went to pick it up from Facebook marketplace, someone had like snatched it off the road. No, (laughs) No, we didn't get it. And we have never tried again, but I would love to get a hammock. Yeah. No, you should. They like get the like camping ones. They're like so cheap. And then oh, you hang them up what? on trees. They're I great. Have, yes, I do have one of those. And we we have taken them to the park many times. I wanted to get like a st- one that has a stand. That oh, I can put okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but I've, I've got my little tree one. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Because oh, it's so tiny. You take it everywhere. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's perfect. Yes, totally. Is there a lyric you've written that you're surprised fans have held on to? Hmm... You know, I keep bringing up the same song, but I think I I really wasn't expecting people to identify with the song Control Freak as much as they have, because like I said, it came out really fast. I didn't really know what it was about. I still don't really know what it is about. It's sort of just like this amorphous, like vomit of feelings. And the line in there that I see people quoting a lot is, I took a shower and rinsed everybody I love off of my body. And when I wrote that, I really loved it. And again, it means sort of a lot of different things to me, but I wasn't expecting it to make sense to anybody else, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it seems to have made sense. So that's cool. Yeah. Do you notice yeah. that like at shows, like, are they singing that one really loud? Uh, no, mostly on Instagram. People will like put that song, like repost that song on mm-hmm. their story and like quote that line. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you recently released a song called If I Were a Fish that you wrote with Karuk. Yes. Can you talk about what it was like to collaborate with them? Yeah. Well, they're the most playful person I've ever met inside and and outside of their music. They're just so down for anything. And that makes working with them really, really fun. Yeah, it was just a song that came out of them having like a really hard day about like hate comments on TikTok. It was just like incessant. And so they were having a really hard time and They've really taught me how to like turn a hard moment like that into something joyful. And so I was like, let's just write a silly song and just like get it out, you know, and like celebrate you. It was just really fun to make. It was just so much fun. We were just laughing the whole time. And yeah. then it turned into like a super positive thing and yeah. blew up on TikTok. Can you talk about yeah. like what that was like? Yeah. Um, I mean, totally surreal. I'm not used to that kind of attention online at all. Corinne has had a couple viral songs before, but nothing quite this big. So it was just shocking to both of us. It happened so fast and we weren't expecting it like even at all. You know, like we've, we both have so much other music that we've worked really hard to like get out there, Mm -hmm. but this was not something that we were like trying to get heard, you know? So it was just completely shocking and, and so so heartwarming and like so wholesome we just were like watching these videos on tiktok that people were making with the sound just like i can't believe how wonderful people can be just like how sweet and silly of a little platform it created for people 
Yeah, no, it's awesome. Like so many yeah. people I know, like no, I was like, do you know the, if I wear a fish song or TikTok? And my friend was like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's why I'm interviewing. And she's like, oh my God, that's so cool. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. And you know, the internet has changed the music industry a lot. How do you, how do you feel about it? Do you like it? Do you think it sucks? Yeah. Well, gosh, it's just, it's very strange. I I mean, I try not to be too much of a curmudgeon about it because a, there's really not much we can do at this point to reverse the effects (laughs) of the internet. Yeah. And B, it does create a lot of opportunity for people that wouldn't have otherwise been able to be heard at all. You know, mm-hmm. it definitely has created like what people would call, you know, an oversaturation, like anybody can release a song or whatever. So I get that that's like frustrating that it feels like you're screaming into the void. But at the same time, you know, 50 years ago, you couldn't even record a song unless you got like some big break or had a bunch of money or, you know, like, yeah, I try to just remember that it's a really positive thing for for people who particularly don't have a lot of resources. If you don't have the money to, you know, record in a studio, you can record something at home. You don't have to pay some hotshot PR person to get your song out there. You can just upload it to DistroKid and have it on Spotify, you know, so for mm-hmm. people who wouldn't otherwise be able to make music and share music, it's a really amazing thing. Yeah. Yeah. When you started like making music and stuff were you trying to like put it online or like what where were you starting off yeah well no not at all I I didn't really know what it would even look like to be a singer-songwriter and to be releasing music I I was in choir I did musical theater I was writing songs but not really showing them to a lot of people I didn't grow up around people who were in like bands and like performing and stuff like that so I didn't really know what I was supposed to do about it. But I went to Berkeley College of Music, which really changed my aspirations about it. That was where I really was like, okay, I think like I could try to do this and like record music and put it out and perform. And that was the first time that it started to get a little more real like that. Okay. And you just said you did musical theater. What shows were you in? And like, oh, what's your favorite well, musical? I'll give you my, my claim to fame <laughs> that I was Horton in Seussical, which I was devastated about as a kid. I was like, I want to be Gertrude. I wanted to be like the cute little bird. But no, I was the male elephant. And everyone was like, it's because you're the best singer. Like, no one else could sing. And I'm like, oh, I hated it. But it was really fun. I did that. I was Eponine in Les Mis. Ooh, that's um, a fun one. Yeah, I was... Sandy in Greece. So this was all in high school and mm-hmm. um, stuff. I pretty much, yeah, I didn't do musical theater after that because I went to school for, you know, like more like pop stuff. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite show? Like just like to listen to or watch? Like, like musical? Yeah. Yeah. I hate to be a broken record, but Waitress is just perfect. No, it's, that's a great answer. Like, yeah. It's just amazing. Have you so seen it? I, yeah. I've seen it a couple of times. Oh, jealous. Yeah, Sarah Bareilles is like my original inspiration. So, oh, yeah, she's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> what songs do you sing in the shower? Oh my gosh. I like never sing in the shower. The shower is where I go to like rot inside of my brain. Like, I just like, <laughs> it's like the opposite of meditation. It's uh-huh. like every thought I've ever had is just like rattling through my brain and I'm just like worrying. And it, I don't know what that's about. Maybe it's because I don't have my phone in my hand. And I just <laughs> thinking about everything stupid I've ever said. You're like, I can't um, doom scroll. <laughs> Exactly. So I just doom scroll scroll in my brain. Um, (laughs) That's a great way to put it. I'm doom scrolling in my head right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I think I don't sing in the shower, but I will to give you a a funny little story. 
Corinne makes up songs in the shower all the time, my partner. Mm-hmm. And that I find fascinating. Maybe I should start doing that. Like one of the songs they were making up in the shower ended up, they ended up like actually turning it into a real song, but it's like a ridiculous little thing that makes absolutely no sense. Oh, that's I just, cool. I know. It's so sweet. So yeah, I wish I were more like that, but no, I just doom scroll in my brain. <laughs> what was the last book you read? Like finished? <laughs> Because uh, <laughs> that was a very long time ago. Um, you don't have to have finished it. Which, well, what was the, the last book last you started? Book, okay, the last book that I was reading is Winnie the Pooh. Aww. It is an incredibly good read for anybody out there listening. Seriously, it, reading Winnie the Pooh as an adult is like the most emotional roller coaster. <laughs> it's like a really, really beautiful book. Okay, probably the last, the last book I finished was, it's called When Things Fall Apart by Pema Chodron. Okay. It's a, she's an American Buddhist nun. And it's like this incredible book using a lot of Buddhist philosophy and, but it's like written so conversationally, so easy to read mm-hmm. rather than like a really dense spiritual book. It's like super relatable and accessible. It's really good. Is that fiction or nonfiction? Nonfiction. Yeah. Okay. What would you do if you found a time machine? Well, I'd probably go to the really painful parts of my childhood and like be with myself while I experience it and like mother myself through it. Cause that's sort of what I'm doing in therapy. So if Mm -hmm. I could actually physically go back in time, I definitely just go back to all the versions of myself. Wow. Getting deep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's a really good answer though. (laughs) Yeah. What era would you say you're in right now? I'm in my like dirty hair overalls era. Nice. It's a perfect time for that. Yeah, it really is. I'm enjoying You can it never go wrong with overalls. Yeah, no. I, I got some from Big Bud Press. Have you ever heard of that? Uh-uh. Oh my God, it's an incredible, extremely size-inclusive brand. Like, it's incredible. And they have really amazing overalls. They have, so, like, fun colors yeah. and stuff, too? Yes, they're, like, all, like, amazing color spectrum. Like, it, they basically just have, like, a bunch of colors of the same, like, handful of shapes. So they have, like... Mm-hmm. a like two different kinds of shirts in like every color and every size and same with like overalls and like shorts and stuff. It's amazing. All right. Well, I've been influenced. I'll be going on there. After yeah, this. <laughs> yeah. Cause I just have plain denim overalls. I need some more fun ones. Oh, I'm telling you, they're so cute. They're kind of expensive, but they're going to last like a, an actual lifetime. They're okay. so sturdy and wonderful. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe I'll put on my birthday list or something. Yeah. For next year. Yeah. <laughs> If you were a salad, what kind of dressing would you have? I love salad dressing so much. Honestly, probably just like a good old garlicky dilly ranch. That sounds good. Yeah, I love a ranch. Have you ever made your own? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I love making ranch at home. It's the easiest dressing to make. I wouldn't know. I've never done that, but that sounds fun. (laughs) Well, if you got some dried dill and garlic and onion powder and mayonnaise and pickle juice, it's so good. I have like half of those things. I'm actually yeah. growing some dill. Really? I got some dill seeds. Oh I don't know. I don't know if it's going to actually grow. But well, uh, <laughs> I hope it does. And you can make your own ranch. Yeah. What's your most interesting tattoo or just like coolest or like your favorite? Yeah, I just, I'll show you my most recent one. Okay. It's this right here. Oh, that's so cute. It's my grandma standing in front of her house in Florida, her little beach condo. This is a oh, palm tree. That's so sweet. And her little balcony, and she's wearing like a teal dress. And it's a it's a based off of an actual photo I took of her in front mm-hmm. of her house. And so I showed it to my friend, who's a hand poke tattooer. 
Shout out Poopy Pokes is their name. They're amazing. They're in Boston. And yeah. Cool. That's my favorite right now. Yeah. That's cute. I like that one. <clears throat> What's the coolest place you've been on vacation? Well, I've only ever really been on one vacation. <laughs> I didn't like... Well, I don't know. I grew up going like camping and stuff as a kid. We didn't have a lot of money for vacations, but Corinne and I took our first like adult vacation that we like balled out and we went to the West Coast of Florida to Siesta Key and we like got a house on the water and my parents have like a small like boat, fishing boat. And like they brought the boat and we like went jet skiing and fishing and went on the beach, went kayaking, saw like manatees and dolphins. It was amazing. That sounds so cool. Yeah. Wait, so since you're from Florida, are you like not afraid of alligators? Oh, no, I am for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Because I'll see videos of people in Florida and I'm like, I don't ever want to step foot in that state. That's too scary. Yeah, it's it is kind of scary, I will say, but only in like it depends on where you are. If you're like on the beach in like, there's no alligators on the beach. So the only thing you have to worry about there is like gray white sharks. No biggie. Uh, just casually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. That's still not selling it for me. Yeah, no, I understand. I feel you. Yeah. What's your favorite plant? Honestly, probably this isn't really like a plant. Well, I mean, it is a plant, but I love palm trees. They just remind me so much of my childhood. And so any kind of palm, palm like plant. I love palm, palm trees are like not what I grew up with at all. So that's very much like, oh, I'm in a new sunny place. Yeah, 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 yeah. I they've I have a palm tree in my backyard in Florida. My parents. Oh, my, my that's cool. Home has a big palm tree in the backyard and it's really, really beautiful. Do you like do anything cool with the palms or they're just there for the vibes? They're just there for the vibes. Yeah. Nice. But the, the trunk has like a hundred little tiny holes in it because my brother was a menace when we were little and would like shoot it with a bb gun like a oh my God. <laughs> i don't even know what he was doing like maybe they were playing some sort of game or like target game or something i don't know yeah just but target practice holes in this palm tree oh my gosh yeah. it's terrible what was the last gift you gave someone um i i will show you i got this at a gas station for corinne on tour this was their souvenir it is a little beanie baby octopus <laughs> so cute a little keychain too a little keychain and it's a bright pink and blue little octopus beautiful yeah. mm-hmm. in june you're doing a couple cute shows with karuk in la in new york what are you looking forward to about that Oh, well, honestly, it's Corinne's first headline shows ever. So her Karuk, Karuk's name is Corinne, but you know, they're interchangeable. Anyway, it's their first headline shows. So I am most looking forward to seeing like what their fans like look and feel like and just like how who they are, you know, and Mm -hmm. and how they are and what their vibe is. And because Corinne is so special, so positive that their audiences and their fan base are just going to be like the most quirky fun, loving people ever. So I just can't wait to see like who's going to be there. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming okay. on my show today. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun. Where can listeners find your music and social media? Yeah. So um, on Instagram and TikTok, I am, my handle is Olivia Barton. Haha. And you can find my music everywhere. Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, anywhere you find music, I will be there. Okay, one more bonus question I just thought of. How did you come up with the Olivia Barton haha username? My username used to have my middle name in it. Mm -hmm. And 
So I wanted to take that out and I literally could not think of anything. Olivia Barton was taken. I was, I thought about doing Olivia Barton high because that was all that was coming to my mind. But Corinne's handle is high Karuk. So I was like, oh, it's going to look like I copied them. I like literally could not think of anything else. And so then I just added a little ha ha. <laughs> there you go. I mean, that's your, that's like your brand now. It is, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, thanks for tuning in. That was Olivia Barton off the record. See you next time. I stay inside. I call my dad. I wait to feel. Jobs, I don't sing my songs, I pay my bills. I have salsa jar of cash and I take a long bath to get my legs back and I take the money and I do my laundry, I don't sing my songs. Then she comes home from you